to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I'm here again with my wife, Natasha Mason. Hello. And there she is, and here we are. And we are back again for another wonderful episode. Uh, we are still using our old computer for this, so uh, hopefully this week we'll have a newer newer computer to uh, record some of these uh, new episodes on. Hopefully they'll sound better, we'll have better quality, and all the wonderful things that come along with proper recording um, so, uh, last episode, we talked about a, uh, 30 day prayer challenge for anyone who wants to try a 30 day prayer challenge. We had tried it. Um, uh, not really trying to challenge ourselves, but we've been praying together for over a month now. We've seen a lot of things happen and, uh, and I don't think we're going to stop. Are we going to? No, I don't believe so. No. Okay. So we don't have any intentions of actually stopping what we're doing with our prayer life, uh, continuing on to pray. Um, if you have something you need to pray prayer for, yeah, you can, uh, email us, uh, you can email me at bfmason761 at hotmail.com. And I'll be glad to add you to a prayer list and, uh, we'll pray for you and your family or whatever's going on in your life that you need prayer about. We're happy to do that. So this episode, we're going to take a look at marriage. We talked about a little bit in the last episode, number 23. Um, we started to get into it, but just due to time constraints, we didn't want to really make that episode an hour long. So, uh, with this episode, um, is marriage important? And so that's going to be the title of this one. Um, and we're really going to talk about marriage a little bit. If you're married, you can, you'll know what we're talking about. If you're not married, you might, uh, maybe get something out of this that'll help you with your future choices. So, um, up front, excuse me. Um, uh, we are married. Um, we have been married for a while now, <laughs> a while now, a while now. Uh, I'm using that as a round you know, kind of like avoid trying to count the years because I don't remember. No, um, but we're coming up on five years. Ooh. Look, I know in November. So we're coming up on five years of us being married together. Um, and we're going to look at this a little bit, maybe from a different perspective. Uh, both of us come from uh, different relationships. Um, we both came out of uh, damaging, damaged relationships um, to a place to where God had put us together. Uh, we went to high school together and I don't remember him. She doesn't remember me at all. We went to a Christian school. I've been in Christian school all my life. That's what I went to. Um, and the school we went to, I think there were 18 people in my class. How many were there in your class? Mm, They're about the same. Okay. So, uh, you're, you're roughly 36 total people. Um, and she was one grade ahead of me. We had Spanish class and sat at the same table and she doesn't remember me. Doesn't that seem like a problem? I've struggled. It's probably because I, I had no, I had nothing distinctive about me in high school. So excuse me, hit the mic. Uh, nothing distinctive about me in high school, so it'd be hard to remember me, and that's fine. So later on, we'll fast forward. <laughs> we'll fast forward through the years. Um, you know, I and I'm upfront about it, and I tell everybody. Um, I, Natasha, and this sounds bad, but Natasha is actually my third wife. I have been married twice before. Um, both of those relationships ended not because of anything that I did. Um, they ended because the other person wanted the relationship to end, um, which is a real difficult situation for a Christian. You know, I grew up all my life in the church, and I always heard that, um, you know, we know God doesn't like divorce. We know God actually hates divorce in the scriptures. Um, and so that's really drilled into a lot of people that God hates divorce. You know what? The majority, over half of the people in the United States are divorced right now. Um, if you're listening to this, maybe you're in another part of the world and you don't know that. The, there are a lot of people in the United States who are divorced. And honestly, it's because they went into relationships that they shouldn't have went into to begin with. And, uh, and I think God that, was not a part of it. Right. And I think that was part of my, my issue. Um, and I won't get too deep into the issues of, 
with those relationships, but those, those people didn't value the same things and, uh, their values changed. You know, I got married when I was 19, um, and her values changed as she went to college and did whatever. It just really was bizarre. Um, and so, you know, you're going to have those things. And so I think the bigger portion that I want to tell everybody from me, I'm not ashamed of that because that's a part of my life. But at the same time, God does not love me any less because I went through that. He doesn't hate me because I'm divorced. If you're a divorced person and you're struggling right now and you feel like, you know, I failed God and I let him down and he doesn't let, that's not true. God loves you. God, he, he is still absolutely your father if you're a believer and you're struggling with this i mean there are people out there who are one is a believer and one is not and those relationships break up and and the the lost person decides they can't take it anymore so they walk away from it um, there's relationships where people cheat on each other and one person decides i'm going to walk away from it because i i want to be with this other person there's nothing you can do about that um, the hardest part i think it is for for me and for church people to understand about divorce and marriage is that you cannot make the other person do anything. I can't, me and Natasha have been married five years. I think she's probably the love of my life. Um, but at the same time. Did you say probably? Oh, yes, you are probably. I don't ever plan on getting, yes, you're, you're it. So I'm letting you know. Um, but I mean that as in the fact that I can't make her do anything. If, if she does something that I didn't like, if her personality had some kind of quirk that I didn't like, or if she spoke in a way that I didn't like, or if she dressed the way I didn't like, I might be able to suggest to her, hey, you know, I really don't like that, but I am not going to change her. And this is the problem that people see. They look at a relationship and they think, well, I don't understand. Well, your, your marriage failed because uh, you're not a good leader of your home. Absolutely. There's a ton of reasons why marriages fail. But the, the prime thing is, is that selfishness, that's what ruins a relationship. It's when the other person decides they're not in it for the two of them. They're only in it for their self and they're not willing to change and they're not willing to listen and they're not willing to grow. Um, and I think, you know, that's probably the majority of what's going on in the world. We live in a society that makes it a throwaway. This is the, the whole question of this podcast. Is marriage important? And I say, absolutely. Um, well, he had a little bit more of a different experience with marriage than I have. He is my first husband, my only husband that I'll have. Um, was he my only relationship? No. Before I met him and fell in love with him, I was in a relationship for 13 years. Were we shacking up? Yes. Um, did that bother me? I like to tell myself that it didn't. But it really did on the inside, and I don't know that I would ever admit how much it bothered me. But it, it, it this other person had always told me that, oh, well, we're common law, so that's good enough. And I accepted that. I mean, you, you can only accept what you decide to accept. And for a long time, I thought that that's what I deserved. And I think a lot of people, females in, in particular, because it tends to usually be the male who doesn't want to get married. I blame us. Uh, but generally it is. No, you're is. right. I think you're absolutely right. I don't know. I'm not a girl. But I would think that, you know, most of the time when I talk to people who are not married and I ask them if they're going to get married, most of the time the girl is like, well, I would like to. And the guy is like, no, nah, I don't see the point. You know, I mean, it's just a piece of paper. And, you know, I mean, there's that, that, yeah. So but, I, but is it just a piece of paper? No, it's not a piece of paper. They would they would go ahead and do it. Here's the other, the thing with that is if it wasn't if it was just a piece of paper, you would go ahead and get married, right? Because it's just a piece of paper. It wouldn't make a difference. So you would go ahead and do it. Well, I was always told the lie that I was fed was, well, we need to have 
this amount of money or I need to be able to save this money so that I can get you the size ring that I think you deserve. Right. Your finances have to and be And I'm right. sitting here with just a, a, a simple silver ring that probably I got offline for 20 bucks. Hurtful. No, I'm but, ju- it's okay. but I'm just but it's saying it, yeah. it does not matter. Money's not the reason. Money is not the reason. And so, you know, when you, so I, I really want to, hmm, I really want to talk to the people who are, who are really hurt from relationships or any of that stuff. Cause I think that's where, if you're listening to this, maybe the Lord's brought you here and you're trying, you're hearing our stories and you're like, wow, you know, she went through a long relationship with somebody who was never going to commit um, to a place to now where she has, we have five kids together. We have uh, um, a blended uh, family. Yeah, we have a, but it's a fantastic family. Um, it has our problems like everyone else, but uh, it's an opportunity. We, we love the Lord together more than I think we ever did apart. Um, and so I, it's, it's, it's getting to that place where God puts things together. God puts you with someone. Um, marriage itself is, is a little bit different in the world. I think over the last 20 to 30 years, there has been an undermining of the American family, uh, the family value and system itself, not even just the American, but, um, but there are communities out there who are dedicated and you can believe what you want. You could say what you want, but there are communities out there who are dedicated to destroying a traditional family and saying traditional family almost makes you a bigot anymore. Right. People say, well, you're, if you believe in a traditional family, then you, these non-traditional families, you're condemning them. Absolutely not. No. We just, you know, um, it's, it's the same type of deal where, you know, if you have, um, you live in a world where you have atheists and you have believers, right? Atheists don't believe the Bible and the believers do. Um, I let the atheists go do what they want. You want to go that way and you want to live that way and you want to have that life of whatever, go ahead. That's fine. Go do that. Um, but I'm a, a Bible believing Christian, so I'm going to live what the Bible says. I'm going to try and do what the Bible says. You don't want me coming to you and telling you that you're wrong. Well, guess what? That works in, in hand in hand. Don't come over to my side of the fence and try and tell me that me placing my trust in God and following his word is wrong. That's not for anyone to say. Um, we're living in this, you know, one of the bigger, I've been in business for the last 20 some years and, you know, diversity and inclusion. That's what everything's about. Diversity and inclusion are two big words in corporations, companies everywhere. They want to be diverse and they want to show that they include everyone except for those who have a differing opinion. So when your opinion or your values are different, then they want to have a problem with that and say, eh, we're not as inclusive and diverse as we like to think we are. And basically what those two things mean is you diversity and inclusion. We want to be diverse about the kind of sin that we do. And we want to be inclusive about the sin that we do. And to, to the Bible believing Christian, that's what it means to us is that we're trying to include these things that the scriptures say are wrong in our everyday lives. So when it comes down to marriage, people don't want to believe in it anymore. It doesn't, you know, it's like, I don't need a man. No. Um, I can do it without a man. Okay. Okay, well, that's great. Um, yeah, that's wonderful. But I think most studies will show that children do better in a two-parent household. Right. And, well, you know, the funny thing about that is when you say that, when you say the I don't need a man, how many men do you hear stomping around going, man, I don't need a woman? I mean, there, there's no, I don't see, you know. You've Usually got this, a man who's been very hurt by a woman. Right. So you've got this <laughs> group of, you've got this group over on the side that are called feminists. I don't know any manonists. Like, no. there's not really real strong men group well, that are like. Feminists would say, well, it's because society is set up to just 
bow down at men's feet. Too. Everybody's got excuses, right? So everybody's got excuses. So uh, let's look at it. So we got we got marriage from the view of the world. Marriage from the view of the world is that is a matter of inconvenience at times because it's just a piece of paper. It gets in the way. Sometimes there are people who are interesting enough, right? So how many, uh, I'm just going to go off the top of my head and I'll ask the audience and ask us too. How many people do you think are married in churches when they do get married? Less and less than it used to be. Right. Probably less and less. Do, but do you think, um, I, to me, I see more uh, barn weddings and, you know, outside in the backyard. And, venues. Yeah, venue type settings and less church weddings. Um, there's still a lot of church weddings that happen. And those are generally people who value being married under the uh, acknowledgement of God. They, they say, you know, and plus it's all about a beautiful place to, to have a wedding too. But, but how many people got married in a church and had communion? Yeah, that's I don't really, think I'd ever seen that. Before. I don't think I'd either. Um, that was pretty incredible. So, but no, I, I agree. Um, wed, weddings in general. So l- let me explain. I'm going to get through a little bit of the Bible in there. Oh, and I'll give now. a little bit of a give a little bit of an explanation of why marriage is important to a Christian. What right? it symbolizes. We we believe in in marriage as in between a man and a woman, and the reason that is is uh, and I'll go. Couple different places. It might be a little bit long, but I'll try and cut it short. Um, if you go to Genesis and you go to Adam, and God created him first, and God decided that it was not good that man should be alone, so he wanted to create for him a helpmeet. The Bible says that he put Adam to sleep and he took from his side a rib and he made him formed a woman for Adam. Um, and it was, she was called woe man because she was taken from the man. That's literally what it says in Genesis. Um, at the, at that beginning point, they were just called Adam. There was no distinction between Adam and Eve because they were created then. Um, later on, she is called Eve. That's what her name becomes. Um, and so Adam in, in the old Testament, if you understand sleep is often a picture of death. So here we have a picture of Adam being put to sleep, you know, and, and the rib taken out. So it's almost like Adam is dying for his wife to be born or to come from his side. Um, and this question really came up because somebody asked me about shacking up. Mm-hmm. Guy said, you know, hey, preacher man, he said, does the Bible say anything's wrong with shacking up? I don't think it does because Adam and Eve wasn't ever married. And I said, that's an interesting question, but you're missing the obvious, which is Eve was a part of Adam, which is what marriage is all about. So a couple chapters later in Genesis, you get to the point to where it says a man should leave his mother and father and his, the wife should leave her mother and father and they should cling together and become one flesh. Um, so I believe it's around Genesis chapter four. I'd have to go look. Um, but anyway, so that's what that's about. So what we have here is the first Adam, the Adam who, who died, laid down, fell asleep. His wife comes from his side. So later on, we have the same thing with Jesus. Jesus is raised up on the cross. He's crucified and a spear is driven into his side. So his side is opened up and he has a wound in his side. Isaiah chapter 53, uh, gives us this same thing. It talks about by his stripes, we are healed, right? So it's, it's talking about that same thing. And the Bible also calls Jesus the second Adam. Why is he the second Adam? Because from Adam, all humanity is born, right? His wife, he has a, his wife is created from him and those two together, they birth all of humanity. So from Christ, from his wounds, the church, his bride is created. And those two there have the offspring of going out and witnessing and ministering and, and drawing in the harvest, right? That's the children. The children of God are those who believe. So that's our job. So in the likewise, you have the two things there. You have Adam 
and his wife coming out of his side, which is prophetic of what would happen to Jesus and his bride coming from his side. So marriage, that's the first step of marriage, right? Um, you want to see how also how important that is that we're in Christ when Jesus is praying to God. He says, Father, may they be one in me as I am in you. So that unity of let a husband and wife cling together and become one flesh is the same idea with Christ. Um, when it talks about the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, we are supposed to become one with Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the living God of the universe, right? It's not supposed to be God is sitting over here and I'm over here and the two of us are separated. He dwells in a believer. The God who created everything lives in us. And so we're supposed to become one with him. And, and, and it's tough because we have the sin nature in our body and we have the flaws and the failures and all those things. Um, but it's really that holiness and that righteousness of, of his, it's not our righteousness and holiness that is supposed to take over and give us life. So when we look at marriage, we see this picture of what it's supposed to be. When Jesus comes back, he's coming to get not his girlfriend. He's not coming mm -hmm. to get, and I don't want to be crude, but he ain't coming to get a side piece. He's coming to get the bride. He's coming to get his wife, right? That's who he's going to come back and get, his wife. Those who have been born again, who have been created out of his death, those who were washed in his blood. So marriage to us is, an, is a, a representation of that. That's what. That's why it's so important for us, because there is the figure of a man and a wife. The Bible doesn't say anything else. It doesn't say anything. I don't want to get too specific. Yeah, don't. But it doesn't name any other groups. It says a man and his wife coming together, and they're cleaving together, and they're becoming one flesh. Um, and this is why God has a problem when that, that breaks apart and that union breaks apart, because that oneness is torn apart, is torn in two. And the two, uh, they were one, are now pulled apart. And there's a lot of spiritual implications that go along with that. And there's also a lot of, this is why when people have the, the relationships fall apart or the divorce or whatever it is, um, this is why they struggle emotionally. There's so much damage that is done is because uh, the two are supposed to become one. And it's really difficult. You know, the world doesn't want to do that. The world wants to, to take something like um, sex, for instance, and they want to cheapen it to a point of where it's just as long as it feels good, it's okay. It it's, a, it's a throwaway thing. Yeah. I mean, and it honestly is nobody really to the point of when we go and we stand before each other and we stand before what we believe is God. And we say, uh, till death do us part. We're not going to end this union until it doesn't matter if we get sick. It doesn't matter if we get old. It doesn't matter if we're poor. It doesn't matter if we're rich. We're never going to end this union. And then we turn around six years later and decide, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. Um, what happened? What happened to our promise to each other? What happened to our promise to God? Right? Love is not, and this is this is the the people who say love is love. There's a lot. You're going to hear this a lot. The longer we go into into history, into time, you're going to hear love is love, love is love, love is love, love is love. Right? You should be able to love whoever you want to. But here's the thing: love takes work. In a relationship, love is not an automatic. And we've talked about this before. The 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 two greatest commandments when Jesus was asked was to love the Lord thy God with all the heart, soul, and mind. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Why on earth would he have to tell us that we have to love? If we're creatures who are created just to love, then why is he telling us those are the most important loves we can have? Because it is a process that we have to work on. It's not going to be easy. Relationships are not easy. Marriages are not easy. And they must be maintained. There has to be love. And it has to be active. It has to be action. It has to be moving. And outward. Yeah. It, it, you he can, didn't command us to love ourselves because... We do that easily. No, and I think you know, marriage. Speaking of marriage, if if I love me more than I love you, we're going we're not gonna make it. 
because it has to get to the point to where uh, I'm, I'm thinking about what she needs and I'm thinking about what my children need over what I need. And she does the same thing. And if we do that and we're always concerned about taking care of those around us, we don't have time to be selfish. Right. We don't have time to be focused on me. And that's you look at the world we live in today and the world is completely consumed with the idea of, well, me it's all and about how me. I feel about it. Right, exactly. So there's a lot there. Um, if you go and you look at the, um, there's so much. The, and we'll get into later. We'll, I want to talk about the uh, the wedding ceremony itself, um, some of the things that are uh, in the scripture and some of the things that Jesus himself meant. Um, but really, God has laid out for us that his way, and this is, you can disagree with me all you want, write me emails, uh, post on Facebook nasty comments, it doesn't matter. But the way, the, the way that the scripture indicates is that marriage is between a man and a woman, and it is sealed in the observance of God. And that's, that's how it is. If you don't believe in God, I don't care. Go get married. That's, you, you know, we got this big stink about people getting married, you know, well, they shouldn't get married. Uh, uh, I don't care. Whoever wants to get married, you want to go marry a tree, go marry a tree. I don't care. That does not mean that it is correct or right. That does not mean it has been sanctified and approved of by God. Just because you decided to do something doesn't mean that God was in the middle of it. That's how a lot of bad things happen. We always, we make assumptions that we're going to do things on our own and then ask God later for his input. Right. I mean, and really you kind of have to seek his face to begin with. Um, and there are also a lot of people who are disillusioned. You know, I, I think of the guy who quit the faith two or three weeks ago who wrote the book about not dating until he got married and then he got married and it didn't work out. And now he doesn't believe in God. You know, I mean, it just kind of all fell apart. And he was putting more faith in what he believed in than than God himself, because God's never going to fail us. God's never going to let us down. His ways are always the same. He's always there. If if there's a failing, it's on our part. It's not on his. But that's what we want to do. We want to blame somebody else. Sure. We want to blame God. So, you know, I mean, is marriage important? Absolutely. Will marriage continue? Absolutely. Will it decline? Yeah, probably. I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see a lot of traditional marriage. We're going to see a decline in traditional marriage and we're going to see an increase in um, marriage that the world thinks is acceptable and okay. I think we're just, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be what it is. And as Christians, how do we deal with that? But where do you draw the line though? At to what? What do you mean? Um, so say you wanted to marry a 12 year old. Ah, yeah. Well, what's okay. wrong with that? Okay. So let's I love her. Right. Well, let's hit that real quick. Well, I mean, and I'm not trying, there was a certain prophet out there who I won't mention by name who was accused at the time of marrying a nine year old. One of his many wives was a nine year old girl. And in, in his holy book, we won't mention that either. In his holy book, he claims that he loved her more than all the other wives that he had. Um, even though he married her when she was between nine and 13 is the ages that they, that they've come close to. Um, and, and so then it was, it, it wasn't good. It's not good. Even today, it's not good. My concern is, is we live in this generation now that is defining love based on what I feel, right? So whatever I feel is right must be okay. If I think it's okay, then it's okay. Um, and so you'll see, um, on Facebook and on the internet, people are going to say love is love. That's their big motto. Love is love. Really? That's what it love is love. So but it's not, no, it's absolutely not the love between a man and a child. Uh, if, if it's in that 
is a perverse way, way is wrong. It's absolutely wrong. Love is not love. It's not the same thing for everybody. It's not the same in every situation. I love my wife differently than I love my children, differently than I love my mother, differently than I love my brother, right? So, I mean, love is not love. It has different levels and quali qualifiers to it. It has to. But the English language only has love. It doesn't. Well, that, no, it has another word. It's, it could use lust. You could say lust is lust. But, I mean, honestly. People, uh, and maybe that's why people confuse the two words. Well, they do. They confuse their feeling, which is lust. So the desire for someone else or desire for something else could be lust. It's where I lust after, I long for, I must have, even though I shouldn't. That's not love. That's an emotion. And we've thrown lust out the window. We've replaced the word lust with love. Everything in our society doesn't, nobody says lust anymore. And Maybe, we wonder why people have problems with yeah, love. They can't, they can't determine, and this is why it falls apart, because once lust is satisfied, right? Once lust has met its satisfaction, that's when it stops operating. So it's like the guy who... Um, it's a scratch or an itch that needs yeah. a scratch. Once basically. you've done that, it's you, you lose that feeling of lust and you lust for something else or someone else. And so what you're, the relationship you're in no longer works because it wasn't love to begin with. It was built upon something it shouldn't have been. Um, and that's a, you know, hey, that lust is a Bible word. Oh, no, the Bible don't bring it into this. Um, so uh, that's... I just I, w protect yourselves. If you're a believer, protect yourselves. I'm a very big fan of the... Um, one of the articles I read this week said uh, women are getting upset because men in the workplace don't want to spend time alone with them at uh, workplace dinners or riding in the same car. Like a married man doesn't want to be with a, a single woman in an office somewhere because of all the, the Me Too movement that went on. Now, if, I, if I were a man, I would be very hesitant. Absolutely. I would stay away from that. Generally speaking, when it's a he said, she said... Right. It's it's And once you say something about somebody you disparage them. It's out there. People there's always going to be people who think that that's true. Right. Those are, and and that's the that's the part of it you have to protect, right? Uh, I think it was Billy Graham a long time ago. I was, uh remember him saying uh, your coat is uh, is your character. Say you have a coat that's your character, and every time you do something wrong, every time you sin, every time uh, there's accusations made, you're just poking holes in this coat that you wear until you look like a homeless person, right? And so you have to be really careful. So my, my advice to men in, in marriages and relationships is always the same, that I personally, I don't do anything. I have a lot of people who work for me, and I don't do anything with women by myself. I don't go anywhere by myself. I don't do any of that. I'm not No opportunities for an accusation nothing um, because the world that we live in is looking for people to follow especially but Christians but it's not even necessarily you wanting because when you you gave me this example about you not going taking this employee to out to eat because right. you didn't want the appearance of impropriety no absolutely not not necessarily to believe this woman was going to say something about you but you know it only takes one person seeing you and this other person out and they're yep. like hmm Oh, what's so he doing let me out go here? Over here and say something to this person. And I'm gonna go tell his wife he did something. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it's really, I, and I think that's the wise but way. But it's of, because of you being, value me. Absolutely. And I'm not gonna put our relationship in jeopardy for 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 uh, a situation that doesn't need to occur. 
You know, um, it's one of those things where you don't have to, you don't have to put yourself in a situation. Um, and she's good referencing to, I had a, a couple of years ago, an associate that won a, uh, eat, uh, eat lunch or dinner with your manager. It was kind of a deal, one of those deals. And, um, the associate came up to me and she said, uh, okay, here's my, here's my certificate. When are we going to go eat dinner or lunch? And I was like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll buy something and bring it to work and we can eat it in the office upstairs. We can eat lunch together and, you know, have conversation, whatever, whatever you want, I'll go get that. And this associate got upset and walked away and never requested that lunch or dinner again, which was fine by me because I wasn't going to do it the way they wanted. Um, but it put me in a position where you kind of look like a bad guy, but I'm protecting my relationship with my wife. And I think in the world that we live in, you have to guard yourself because the devil, you know, the Bible calls him our enemy for a reason. He's not here to help us. He's here to hinder us. Um, it says he's shooting fiery arrows at us every single day. He's trying to damage you in some way. Um, and as, as a marriage, because this is what this is about, is that you have to look out for the things that are going to potentially damage your relationship and your marriage. Um, I, if you have Facebook, if you have a cell phone, everybody's got a cell phone. My wife knows my password. If she wants to look at my emails, she wants to check my text messages, my face, whatever. I don't care. It's not going to bother me. Not going to hurt my feelings. Um, because I know I'm trying and always want to be doing the right thing. So, um, I just encourage people to Follow those same kind of guidelines, you know, set some boundaries in your relationship, put God at the center of everything you do. If, if we walk in his word and we stay in prayer and we walk with the Lord every day, we're not looking for the wrong thing to do. We don't want to do the wrong thing. Um, but when it comes down to it, is marriage important? I'm going to say absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's a, it is a commitment. It is not just a piece of paper that you're signing. It is an actual, it's a contract between the two of us. It's a promise. Um, it is a promise. And I told somebody they got, they didn't like the way that I put it, but the way I put it was, is that my wife belongs to me and I belong to her. I'm, I don't belong to me. I'm hers and she's mine. And if we look at it that way, that we have contractually obligated ourselves to the other person. That's what Christ did for us. The Bible says that's what he did for us. He was crucified and we were purchased, which is a contract. We were purchased at a great price. God bought us. He made us free. Yes, free from sin, but we are, we own, he owns us and we belong to him. Um, and so that's the kind of thing we're supposed to replicate in our marriage and our relationship is that I belong to her. She belongs to me. And the two of us together are one and we're trying to do a work for the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. So that's the end of this episode. Episode 24 uh, is marriage important. Sound off on it on Facebook. Uh, we, we get a lot of listens. I want to do want to say uh, we have crossed over the 2000 listen mark. So I want to thank everybody who's been listening to the podcast. It looks like September. This is uh, going to be one of our biggest months ever. Um, and really the main thing is for us is not to be heard, but to get the gospel out and to promote uh, the scriptures and to promote a godly lifestyle, um, not based on really kind of how we see things, but to share just generally we're ordinary people. We don't, you know, we don't have big uh, media outlets and TV shows and all that stuff. Uh, but we're real uh, Christians who are just trying to be real about our life and everything that happens. So uh, continue to listen, like, and share the podcast. We're on everything, YouTube, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Heart everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. check us out. Uh, like I said, hopefully some of the technical difficulties we have are going to get worked out this week. Uh, but we appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you later. Bye.